have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. Jason Burmes. And who loves you? And who do you love? Good morning, everybody. We are sending the love from the heartland, from the middle of the country, from the Quad Cities, baby. Man, I love Iowa. It is snowing outside. Supposed to snow yesterday. Didn't happen. You know, we're going to start reality rants off with a little bit of lightheartedness. We're going to talk about the weather. That's what most of these talk shows do, right? Oh, talk! the weather is supposed to be uh, challenging today. Really exciting stuff. What we do here is we jam-pack information you're not going to see, not only in the vast majority of the mainstream media, but I continually um, am surprised when I see Tucker Carlson, for instance, covering things that I covered earlier in the day, earlier in the week, a month ago, uh, just had Douglas MacArthur on about the balloons. I would uh, disagree with Douglas MacArthur on what he said with them, but all of a sudden the Tuckins is going, you know, did we shoot down our own balloons? Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if the Tuck caught wind of what Hirsch was saying. Okay. So talk a little bit about that bombshell on the CIA and JFK, in my opinion, not really a, you know, a new bombshell, it's somebody going through the documentation that was released in 2017. There was a lot of it. I did a lot of breakdowns on it. Okay. Uh, obviously didn't know about this. I think that this um, is an important aspect. This is what we're going to lead with today. And especially because, you know, I bring up Tucker, but I bring up Tucker because, you know, he's gone so far as to say there is no doubt that the Central Intelligence Agency was involved in killing John F. Kennedy. And he, he is the number one newsman in America. Hate him, love him, lukewarm about him, controlled opposition, whatever. Still the number one guy telling all these people this. And one of the things that I look at when I look at this thread, and it's by uh, somebody called Lori Spencer. Uh, I think I was put onto this 
uh, maybe by Andrew uh, for action for Assange. So again, this gets released in 2017. I said those dumps were huge. There was a lot there. Uh, far from perfect. Far from perfect. And a lot of the documents that had not been released before were, were deemed NBR. Oh, and NBR. Not believed relevant. We don't believe it's relevant. So what didn't they believe was relevant here? What do I think is a bombshell? At the time of the assassination, Dallas Mayor Earl Cabell, brother of one-time Deputy Director of Central Intelligence Charles P. Cabell, had been a CIA asset since 1956. This missing piece of the puzzle is huge. Now think about this. First of all, you got straight up, over the top, in your face, nepotism and corruption prior to that, right? Oh, oh, you mean he was just the brother of the one-time CIA director? Yeah. But now, on paper, you have that this guy was a running asset for the better part of a decade before this took place. How about that? How about that? Huh, interesting. Now, the real question is, if this was such a, you know, successful program, as it appears to be, here we are talking about in 2023, how many other CIA assets or agents or informants have made their way into mayorships, governorships, city councilmen's in big cities like this? I mean, this is a Dallas mayor. Dallas is a pretty big city, guys, even then. Pretty important, obviously. Okay, let's go down this a little bit. Okay, so uh, right here, you can see this is the file. This is the title number uh, of the CIA. Um, here, here's the request. This is where it uh, talks about, uh, this is uh, created in 57, him being that asset right here. There's their secret agreement. And when it was signed in 56, See that? How about that? So dead to rights, dead to rights, never discussed. The mayor is CIA where they assassinate the president. Hmm. Hmm. We have a separation of powers in this country for a reason. The CIA is not supposed to and was never supposed to and in the 50s was not intended to what? Carry out domestic operations. Of course they did. Of course they did. Remember, they come out of the OSS. All right. This post-World War II world where things become, become born classified. Very dangerous stuff. Now, I, I got a jam-packed show for you, and I've got Quite Frankly coming on. And I know a lot of you guys, uh, newer people over the show, uh, saw me on Quite Frankly. I hope to introduce the uh, Red Voice media crowd to him because uh, we're going to dig deep into how and why he got involved. He's got a pretty damn successful alternative show over on uh, Rumble, among other places. YouTube's tough out there, especially the stuff that he talks about. But we're going to do a half an hour on this side, starting at about 23 minutes, and then another half an hour on the uncensored side over at redvoicemedia.com. I wonder if we're going to even get to all the news, all the clips, all the things that I wanted to discuss today. And a lot of it did have to do 
with uh, black operations, the CIA, even this Epstein network. There's some really big Epstein news, and I'm hoping it's not going to be like misconstrued as now there's a list because now there is a name, by the way, that I think uh, people are going to need to check out. Let's see where we got. I want to make sure we go to that quick. Here it is right here. All right, this is Jess Staley. And this is out of that big JP Morgan case. This is new documentation. This is not a list. Okay. I want to repeat that. This is not a list. This is not part of the unsealed data dump that still has not come. Uh, court listener, we, we put out the, uh, the link yesterday. That's where you're going to be able to find it first. Still nothing since February 7th. I just want to put that out there. We keep it real. But this is out. Staley, that was fun. Say hi to Snow White. Epstein, what character would you like next? Staley, Beauty and the Beast. Epstein, well, one side is available. Yucca, 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 yucca. These are email exchanges. We now have a paper trail. This is real. Doesn't look good for Jess Staley. We're just seeing some of them now. All right. And uh, you scroll down a little further and you find out that it appears, okay, that they have um, photographs also with the people blacked out. See this? Jeffrey Epstein sent Jess Staley, a JP Morgan executive, a photograph of a young woman slash girl whose image is redacted from the lawsuit. This is the real stuff. Oh, sorry, guys. I do want to get in that too. So, okay. New Epstein info. We also, uh, again, you went on to the paid version of the broadcast. We're some of the few that uh, covered the Ghislaine Maxwell from prison stuff. Okay. That's real. And you can call that clientele. I, I don't know what that is. Again, JP Morgan. So I, I think it's more of a mutual relationship. In other words, uh, I'm sure Jess Staley isn't just like paying up front. He's part of JP Morgan. So there's a lot of backdoor shenanigans and deals. All right. Sort of over the table and under the table arrangements, as Zbigniew Brzezinski would say. I mean, that's a huge story, uh, extremely underreported. But it is getting me mainstream media play. You know, Jeffrey uh, Epstein victims were paid from JP Morgan accounts lawsuit alleges. So again, all this stuff, brand new stuff we should be talking about. Let's get out of this idea of a client's list. That is not real. You know, I saw some trolling and some posting literally under like little uh, clips that, um, Red Voice Media does a great job of putting out, where's the list? Did you even watch the video? No, you didn't. I'm sure you, you didn't watch the short video. You didn't watch the extended video. Then I had other people accusing me of being like, admit you were wrong in showing me the article of the Daily Mail talking about the unsealed documents that we covered as soon as it came out and said the documents weren't here and it wasn't a list. And I'm not wrong. It's it's just, it's cartoon level, cartoon level. But again, we don't feed the trolls here. We just keep doing our thing and keeping in the swing. So uh, Lori Spencer, I don't know much about her work, uh, but I am following her, apparently a big JFK researcher. 
Uh, to me, big deal. Shows how the system works. Okay. And speaking of systems and how they work, um, in the Nord Stream pipeline case, all right, what do they utilize? They utilized drills. They utilized drills. Okay. So I think that that is important. And this was the first time I have a whole section on warnings and war games in fabled enemies obviously in loose change there's a the heavy emphasis on war games and you know i've heard people say um you know flat out there's no chance there's chicanery with the four flights that they say got hijacked and then went into the world trade center the pentagon shanksville etc i don't believe that and they go, well, if that's not true, then you're just discrediting yourself because then you don't have the DNA of all the hijackers like Khalid Al-Madar. I'm not the one that said they were guilty. It doesn't change a damn thing. We should be talking about the past, the history of Operation Northwoods that JFK didn't sign off on. All right. That used drone aircraft, multiple, including MIG-like aircraft. Okay to create false flag events. That's important. Knowing about Global Guardian, Vigilant Guardian, Vigilant Warrior, all right, and all the plethora of exercises that we still don't know about. There was a multitude. The National Reconnaissance Office exercise of a uh, plane hitting the Central Intelligence Building the morning of 9-11, all right? The NORAD tapes that proved that they were running these exercises. Okay, uh, the tapes that then had them go into Cheyenne Mountain, where a lot of these exercises were taking place, and tell them to shut down the radar. I mean, the testimony during the 9-11 Commission, the open hearings, talked about this stuff, all my film. What I had never seen or heard or known about is this clip we're about to play here. And uh, hats off to Shoestring 9-11. Let me see if I can uh, find them over here, because, you know, we always we always give people credit. Uh, when they're the ones putting this stuff out. And I often see some really good uh, stuff from at shoestring 911. And I'd never seen or even heard of this. Okay. So this is a uh, really, really interesting recording of Collins Scoggins. Okay. Who's being interviewed by the 9-11 commission about a drill that they ran in which they had a hijacked aircraft and real people on board playing its passengers. Okay, it's very bizarre. So I'd never heard this before. Uh, this I I don't I haven't seen in the research circles, uh, but we're going to listen to that clip right now. Those procedures ever been practiced? Practiced one time, the one I told you about back in '95 or '96. So let's bring it back. Has it ever been practiced? Been practiced. Practiced one time. The one I told you about back in 95 or 96. And that was going to be my next question. I need to yeah. hear a little bit more about that. Uh, the test that ran, um, they were supposed to get off. They got a bad heading, initial heading. But we don't, at that point in time, we're not, we weren't involved in these tests as much. They got amalgam, uh, amalgam Virgo uh, missions, amalgam uh, mute. They got all different names for these missions that they do to test the system. So right there. Uh, Amalgam Virgo is another one of these drills. That one had Bin Laden on the cover. And Amalgam Virgo also had a plane coming into U.S. airspace 
um, I believe, from Alaska and through Canada and hitting, um, I believe it's either the White House or the Capitol. I think it's the Capitol. If, if my memory serves me, I mean, I've covered it so many times. I've never heard of Amalgam Mute, by the way, before this either. This is a golden clip. Test their system. There's no test for the FAA system. This is the test, the military system on how they use this. Did the FAA play in that 95? Yes, they did. And that was scripted into the... It was all scripted. Uh, it was all scripted. Were, were it was scripted you... to the point... This, this was, I would think it was a great test. So, um, there were some problems with the test that happened. I, I, I tried to grab some information that I might have had stored somewhere on diskettes, and I just couldn't find it on that mission. I wish I could have. And the, the CIA was scripted. American Airlines played along. They actually had uh, passengers on board that were going to be hijacked. That was American Air. It was American Airlines that participated in it. So, again, they're, they're saying American Airlines had passengers that were participating in this drill. Hmm. Very interesting. And they actually had... Um, And that's really interesting to me that some of this stuff is classified to this day. Why is that classified? It's from 95, 96 now. We're in 2023. Just think about that. Paid in the scripting of that exercise. I was involved in it. Um, there's a trusted agent in it um, at the time. But it was, a, it was a military exercise. You were the FAA. I think it was a, it might have been a, it was definitely a joint FAA military exercise the only we've ever had who, who would have in faa who would have been uh who would have participated in the scripting of that and and it, it was done um, you know, i wish i could remember the names it was done through uh at that time a a uh a t0130 which is now atb 200 they were definitely involved in it i don't think they were in charge of the whole operation but they were definitely involved in it uh they they help work it and so other than that that's the only really exercise we've ever had like that this was fully live. They were airborne trying to track your yep. interceptor plane. This was fully live, and they were airborne trying to track the plane. You know, so this goes well beyond what they wanted you to even believe when it came out that these exercises were happening on 9-11 um, because they had the radar blips. But then you wonder also if there's classifications of other planes that were in the air that were supposed to be part of these exercises as well. I mean, is that out of the realm of possibility? Is that out of question we should be asking? Yeah, there was no way to yeah, that. That, Just so that I'm clear too, because I think I finally did find it. Should have had it marked. Is that the escort? Yeah, so chapter seven, my mistake. Okay. Yeah, that's escort procedures and yeah, seventy-six point four. So, so that those were the procedures then that would have been exercised on that. On that that's day. correct. That's what we would have used. We would have not used Chapter 4. Um, we would have used Chapter 7. So there it is. There's the clip. Uh, great job, Shoestring 911. Very impressed with that. Um, think it's really important because guess what? Guess what? Here's Claire Daly, who is uh, in Parliament, one of the few really good people in Parliament speaking up for Assange, talking about how isn't it weird that none of us in Europe seem to care about this Nord Stream pipeline story. And what do they do? They utilized exercises to carry out their black op. And she goes, apparently, she goes, look, I don't know, but I sure want to know. Why doesn't anybody else seem to want to know what actually happened to the Nord Stream pipeline? 
So let's play that clip. Since September, the lack of interest in finding answers to who was behind the Nord Stream gas explosion has been frankly astounding. This was an act of sabotage, an act of unrivaled vandalism, economically and environmentally, and not a word, no discussion, no questions. Then along comes Seymour Hirsch, the world's most acclaimed, distinguished, living investigative journalist. He produces a detailed claim that the United States executed this explosion with the help of Norway. Planned months before the invasion, a Norwegian Navy P-8 surveillance plane dropped a sonar buoy on the 26th of September, which triggered explosions planted by US Navy Panama City divers three months earlier under a NATO exercise, and still nothing. I don't know what happened, but I want to know. This is a man who doesn't make claims lightly, a man with contacts. And I find it frankly jaw-dropping that the EU is not asking questions as to who is responsible for sabotaging the livelihoods of our citizens. I am ashamed to be a European. Boom. Mic drop, anybody? Powerful words. Truth spoken. By the way, the uh, the gentleman uh, sitting beside her, also one of the few people speaking out against war, speaking up for truth. Just want to put that out there. Just just a reality. OK, um, I want to hit a couple other stories, because, look, you look at those things and you're like, all right, Seymour Hirsch is is getting a little leeway. He's getting a little movement. I saw, you know, he was trending on Twitter, 32,000 uh, something tweets. I haven't seen the Muskernuts weigh in hmm, on this at all. And I'm still seeing censorship on Twitter. Now, you guys all know, you know, I don't, I don't hold water for the Trump administration. Uh, I do think that Peter Navarro did not deserve to be arrested, right? in that whole fiasco, in that political theater. And he's pointing out, he goes, hey, Elon Musk, why are you still allowing Twitter Twitter to censor people? I posted news yesterday about uh, Joe Kent and Carrie Lake, and it got axed. Meanwhile, both Truth Social and Getter posted it. This is happening on your watch. Yeah, and I was having some weird tweet unavailable for, I was checking out responses, and then I saw, I guess I have it on my phone, Maybe we'll bring it up. And by the way, Tina, thank you so much for the tip ski and hutch over at uh, Rockfin. And uh, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, pseudo censorship still. And we still don't have a WikiLeaks style dump. Just want to put it out there. Okay. It, it, kind of a big deal. Something we should be talking about. Uh, what is this right here? Oh, we'll get to that one later. Elon Musk. Uh, donates almost $2 billion of Tesla shares to charity. Oh, I'm always suspect of all these people that are given to these kind of charities. You know, when, when I see on the ground charities, they're doing real things for real people and you're really trying to help. Okay. Otherwise, a lot of these things are just what? Tax shelters, a way to launder money. Okay. A, a way to put the grift out that you're somehow... Um, some some kind of benevolent being that's actually trying to we're trying to help the earth with these sdgs and sustainable development goals oh are you interesting interesting so um where where is the uh 
See, that's not what I wanted either. I wanted the old musker do. I want to go over that one too. Where is it? Do I? Here it is, right here. Uh, we will not enable escalation of conflict that may lead to World War III. Elon Musk slaps down ex NASA astronaut Scott Kelly after he pleaded with him to ramp up Starlink over Ukraine. I don't think that they've stopped. I think this is a show. This is a facade. In fact, I have Scott Kelly's book right here. I've not read it. Uh, I intend to. Endurance, because Kelly supposedly is the one up there for one year. Uh, Dennis Bushnell, uh, when I say up there, he's up in the ISS for one year. Bushnell says uh, he came back extremely sick, um, that he had to spend time in the hospital. And, you know, this is a guy that I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he's in political office at, at, at the time. OK, Ukraine desperately needs your continued support. Please restore the full functionality of your Starlink satellites. Defense from genocidal invasion is not an offensive capability. It's survival. Innocent lives will be lost. You can help. Thank you. He goes, you're smart enough not to swallow media and other propaganda BS. Starlink is the communication backbone of Ukraine, especially at the front lines, uh, where almost all the internet con connectivity has been destroyed. But we will not enable escalation of conflict that may lead to World War III. It's from four days ago. Too late. What are you talking about? And stop acting like SpaceX isn't launching the Blackjack satellites, which are part of the classified program. Let's stop acting like the special forces and the mercs on the ground don't have backdoor access to your Starlink satellites. Get the truck out of here. It's nonsense. Of course they do. If it's a communication system and it's online and you're working with the military industrial complex, you can bet your bippy what we're seeing here is a show. What do you think? The Defense Department and NASA are just plunking it down on Elon so he can call the shots? Give me a break. And, and again, he says a lot. That's that's saying the right thing. And yet, months ago, we showed you, maybe maybe two months ago now, we showed you an exchange online, probably the only people to cover it, of Kim.com asking him to do what he says he's doing now with Starlink. And you have uh, Musk going, damned if you do, damned if you don't. And again, who knows who's tweeting on that thing all day? He's supposedly running 74 successful companies, right? He's the guy. And he's, and he's a... And he's virtually attending world government summits. The same summits, by the way, that Klaus Nutschwab is speaking out. So it's not it's not just your daddy's Davos. Okay, I've got actually a few clips. We'll probably end up playing on the other side. Now, we played a bunch of the Musker Do clips um, yesterday on the premium side of the broadcast. Uh, I almost want to play the Who's uh, Tedros talking about peace for health and health for peace again. And the climate crisis is a health crisis. All these Bernaysian talking points. But I feel like uh, I'll be going off too much on that. Did want to point out uh, Henry Kissinger at 100. Um, you live to be 100 years old and you're as evil as Kissinger. You end up looking like a, uh, a Star Wars Muppet, apparently. I just... I mean, you talk about one of the big time players, one of the not so great guys. You're talking Henry Mother 
trucking Kissinger. I mean, th 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 this is the guy. I mean, he's he's one of their high priests. You heard it. I heard it. That would be our good friend over at, quite frankly, it looks like we see him. Hopefully he hears me. Hopefully I'm going to hear him on the first try. It's going to be fantastic. If you don't know him, you're about to meet him. You can find him over at Twitter at Political Orgy. Do you hear me, sir? No, doesn't hear me. <laughs> He's looking at me and I'm looking at him. Okay, so yeah, type it in there. We, we do it live. I'm hoping that he's going to hear me. Let's see if we can bring up our settings. And let's see if we can uh, talk to him right here. Uh, don't hear you. Don't hear me. Eh? <laughs> and, oh, no, I don't hear you. Yeah, I know you don't hear me. <laughs> no, no, so, so, hear so, but, but, yeah. so uh, three dots at the bottom. Settings audio okay and audio, i think that he you. will uh i hear you got you got you okay let me... I, i'm glad you hear me because <laughs> i i did all i did all the linking correctly yes sir Let's see here audio three at the bottom uh three dots this never happens to me this only happens to people who come on my show okay. <laughs> i'm the one that gets to be like come on man. no no come you on, got man. it brother no no so we got three oh, dots audio, settings speakers there he goes there we go okay beautiful Back. see we did we did it so quick sorry that was my old man moment of the day ah that's all right brother so look man <laughs> first of all let me thank you um for allowing me uh to come on your show now numerous times and your audience introduced to me i get a lot of people saying hey i came over from quite frankly uh my audience may not be as familiar with you especially you know now that we're over at red voice media as well um you do um almost a nightly show and you do a, a pretty long show it's not just interview based it's really impressive so so take me back to the beginnings let my audience know who you are and how you got involved in all this brother well, first of all, thank you, and um, it's it's really awesome having you on uh, these past couple of years and all the capacities that we've done. We've done a lot of stuff, and you know what, uh, Jason, just off the bat, and I don't have to tell anybody in your audience, you're you're an OG, and uh, you know when I was coming up up throughout high school and into college, and we've got it was the advent of YouTube, and and at, really before YouTube, 2005 ish around there. It, Things were just happening on the internet that were very exciting and very wild, um, a lot different than what it is today, where it's being very tamed, or maybe it was always the, always uh, designed to be this way, where at some point the trap doors will close and uh, and everybody is just in this matrix that was designed to we were tr designed to transition into. But around 2006 is when me and uh, my brother and a couple of friends of mine, well, one other friend of mine. We did our first show, our bit in college, and um, it was just a one o'clock in the morning show on a, in a on a Saturday morning. We didn't know what to do, and um, and that just evolved from there. We brought it to our bedrooms after that. We turned our bedrooms into a studio. 2009, we opened up our first uh, broadcast studio, and we're doing a lot of our, our weekly shows, uh, talking about just culture and stuff. 
celebrity hijinks, shock jock stuff. And then by 2010 is when I wanted to start diving into a little bit more substantive what's going on in the world, conspiracy theory, the Constitution, uh, 9-11 truth, a lot of things like that. And uh, that was the, the beginnings of what became, quite frankly, and now, as you said, it is a Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock engagement I've been doing for a very long time. And it's not just it's not just about news and current events. It's a lot of hidden history, human interest stories, paranormal. I just love to cap, uh, cover the gamut. But I get to meet people like you along the way, and uh, it's been a really great time bridging the gap. Absolutely. And that's what I think is fun about your show. You know what I mean? You're, you're very open to talking to people. And when you do find something of interest, you kind of let them run with it. Now, we're on YouTube this first half an hour. We're spending an hour together so we can get into maybe some of the darker stuff uh, on the other side. Uh, but I guess what outside of uh, the COVID-1984 nightmare have you gravitated to in the past few years? Because there's so much that has surrounded that scenario and so much that has encompassed our lives. And you're not wearing the hat for no reason. You're a New York guy. Um, so, you, you know, you, I would say New York and California, whether you were in a small town or a big city, you probably felt the brunt of it a lot more than the middle America, southern states, a lot of the country. Um, so I, I'd say it was difficult to separate those things. But like you said, you talked to a lot of different people. What other subjects did you gravitate towards during the past few years? I mean, there's when you talk about the last few years in particular, there's no way to untangle what, what we went through. I, mean, I saw a lot of social changes around here. We still we're still the home of the uh, the brave single person driving in a car with the windows up and a mask on we're still we're still that's still the home of people like that mainly we've seen a lot of that going on um so i, I understand the impacts just like we had a lot of impacts felt after the other uh faster moving 9-11 covid was slow motion 9-11 and what happened is that inside of that, as we opened up that package, we realized it was tied in with a lot of the things that you're discovering, the World Government Summit, the acceleration going on there, and all of the initiatives that have been pushed since the early 90s with uh, Agenda 21 surfacing in public view and this slow boil toward 2030 and uh, the Great Reset. It's, it's, been, it's been nonstop inside of there. It's the transhumanism stuff. Inside of there is all the ways that we are going, we have been curtailed in the way that we talk to each other, not just online, but the things that we're able to touch when we're face to face. There is such a huge push to modify human behavior, right down to the things that we eat, that um, it, it's really hard to figure out things outside of what COVID was really connected into, because it, it's really all, it, it's all part of the same plotting, if you ask me. And I think that you would largely agree with that. So that's that's what I'm thinking about. Now, the other, the other thing is trying to discern between what is a distraction and what is merely a precursor for something else that is coming. Because um, so many things are happening at once, it, it's hard to make heads or tails of whether or not you're wasting time on something or whether uh, this is going to be a, a harbinger for something else that's coming, mainly, the UFOs. What are the UFOs going on right now? 
the the you, you brought up the Epstein log release. I, I still need to know a little bit more about where rumors are coming from that it may be really who's doing the releasing. Yeah, what's so, going so on with let's that? Let's talk about that really quick because obviously you've seen the viral posts over the yeah. last few days, and it's just a repost. It's like when they tell you the WikiLeaks are unlocked. You know, these things have been around. Uh, I think the last big dumps were around 2019. And remember, a lot of this stuff is stuff that's known and some of the redactions are taken away. What we're talking about now, and, uh, you know, I keep bringing up the court docket. <clears throat> I actually sent this over to Cynthia McKinney because she had a, a question about, you know, whether or not this is actually going to get released. This is the docket. And it was on uh, the 7th, this filing, that, you know, the uh, judge addresses that this stuff will be unsealed. So as you can see on the right-hand side, and I used a lot of this stuff during uh, the Epstein before he was arrested because there was numerous lawsuits that were coming into play. Virginia Giffray Roberts opened this one, as you can see, in 2000, I believe in 15. So you're actually looking uh, and can download any of these. And this is an ex this is an extensive process. People need to understand everything blue over here is a PDF. There's all sorts of exhibits that are already there, okay? So the new ones are alleged, and again, this is just reporting, this is the Daily Mail. You can read that, yes, there's going to be unsealings. I think a lot of the John Doe's are people that have already been speculated against. In other words, Bill Clinton's name has never been used in writing when any of these accusations have come out. Ahud Barak's name has never been used in writing. However, they're in the mix. It was during the 2017 to 19 dumps that we got confirmation on people like Mitchell, Dubin, uh, Bill Richardson, et cetera. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're probably going to see this within the next week or so. Now there is a separate lawsuit. There's actual new information today. And a lot of people are going to misconstrue. Oh my goodness. The list is here. Exactly. <laughs> it's here. And look, the, the, uh, JP Morgan stuff is big because now there are 1200 emails between Epstein apparently. And, uh, not only, JP Morgan, but Jess Staley in particular. And I don't know if you were uh, watching when I was reading the uh, first interaction, but it's pretty damning. I mean, again, this is real documentation here. And it this is between him and Epstein. And they're talking about somebody in a Snow White outfit and what character do you want next and Beauty and the Beast. And apparently there's photographs there too. Um, you and I know, I know I've, I've shown you on your show that uh, there are plenty of photographs that we don't know about. You know, I keep talking about the they keep talking about the list and you know, the, these are government exhibits. They have the government exhibit number on the bottom here. They don't even let you see the photographs that are there, but then they certainly don't want you to see what's in the safe. They don't want want you to see what's on the disks or right. in the hard drives right here. So then so then to your point, yeah. To your point, whatever is released, I mean, I I stopped paying attention to WikiLeaks dumps years ago, because it's, there's only so many times that you can read that um, you know, the Russians had a moon base and we had to destroy it and you know, all that other stuff. But the uh, but we're not going to be getting an Oscars after party guest list or anything like that. It's not like we're going to get those types of. I keep seeing these multi-column. Uh, those are the worst. Uh, You're talking about the ones with like, oh look, Rob Reiner's here. It's just right. a list of those. Listen, those people are lost. I still had people in my, after doing a full show on it yesterday, and in Twitter, and maybe some of them are just trolls and who knows what they're trying to keep off. I saw the list and I'm like, no, if you actually saw something well, you that was legitimate, you saw the one black book that the butler 
went to jail for, and that Nick Bryant got published in Gawker, or you saw the partial flight logs, okay, that were released during some of these lawsuits via Virginia Gaffrey Roberts, an investigative journalist. I've been doing this a long time. You know what I mean? And it discredits everybody when you when you make these false promises and accusations and you get confused and they use it as straw men to discredit you. You know, so I'm waiting on the new documents. Obviously, the Staley stuff is really important, uh, but it is separate from the quote unquote dump. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's the thing, man. You talk about it, uh, how all this stuff is intertwined. And look, I think that the Epstein case is very much still intertwined with what's going on today because it shows you how the networks of control work. You know, especially when we're talking about the COVID-1984 nightmare, you had a narrative that was running through the mainstream media, through the big companies, through celebrities, right? Through big business. Everybody was complying with these things and then endorsing them. And then you look at the connections that a network like Epstein has and it's celebrities, <laughs> it's big companies, it's big tech, you know what I mean? It's bankers. And it shows you like how, first of all, this guy, Jess Staley, is obviously compromised, but how the head of JP Morgan is essentially running projects for Epstein. You know, yeah. he, they're talking about payments to these people from Epstein. And that's not a quote unquote client list. It's not, it's not like a transaction where I'm paying you this much for this service in most cases. It's like, I need this business deal to go through. I need this person to get a loan at this percentage rate, you know, I need you to fund this. Uh, remember, it was JP Morgan ships that caught, got caught a few years ago. Frank, remember that with all that cocaine on it? I know. <laughs> I, I, well, you also remember that something that we have not talked about in a while because it's been dealt with. It's been dealt with. They, they got they got, they got the head honcho. But Nexium was a treasure trove. And again, it was another example of this this big operation that not only had um, celebrity and who's the Penelope crew? I forget who it was, but there you had, was some... um, that one girl. She was and they made her play a victim. She was like a blonde girl. I forget what her name is. And she did a video with Ranieri. Now, there was other lower level celebrities in there as well. And you know what? Let me just say this. It's so I'm so glad you brought that up because literally last week I was con and not only celebrities, my friend, but it ran all the way to Mexico with the son of the ex-president, and it was integrated not only into the Nexium cult, but this thing called the Rainbow Cultural Garden, which was a preschool that was running not only in Mexico, but in California and Europe. I thought there was in yeah, France, there's multiple preschools that was going on here, and it was all the same people. New York, this is a big New York story, obviously, because it was a New York-based cult, but as we know, uh, there, there was, it went all the way up to our attorney general, turning a blind eye to um, to prosecuting anything on th in this respect. And, and, and Ranieri just got denied, by the way. Everybody else got a slap on the wrist. They put that idiot right behind bars. He was the front man. Sarah Bronfman, still on the run. Claire Bronfman actually funded, funded everybody's uh, legal defense. She, I think she got eight years. She's going to serve less than three or four. You watch, guys. She's in a country club. And her father, their father, and they were really bankrolling this thing. There's a lot of sketchy things about it, uh, was Edgar Bronfman, who was head of the uh, World Jewish Congress, got the Medal of Honor from Clinton, you name it. And, and just so I don't forget, last week, 
I, I had, listen, guys, we'll see what we do with this. And we'll see if this person's willing to come on camera. Uh, but I got contacted um, by one of um, the women down in Mexico that worked at the Rainbow Culture Garden. Uh, mm. Had seen one of my videos on Nexium, uh, gave me her contact info, and uh, asked if I'd like to have a discussion. We got to have that discussion. I don't know if that person's coming on, but um, you know, who knows what was happening to the smaller children? But we know it was a front to bring in foreign women and young girls, basically between 16 and 20, that spoke a certain language and have them be the teachers to the toddlers. And those women, in some regards, we know were sexually exploited, Frank. Yes. And, and, and as you said before, these circles are o always overlapping. It's the same money. It's the same political uh, uh, circles. It's uh, it's incredible. And But some things, I guess, are just easier to... to to put out of everybody's minds and others. Uh, I, they, they're able to isolate that one. And that's always the, the way it is. We get these these things thrown at us. And um, and, and if, it, if they're unavoidable in some way, then they are diligently made to seem like they are unconnected, mutually exclusive, and not part of a greater trend. So um, it, it's great to circle back to things like that and to, to tie them in and to remind everybody of the names that are involved. Now, as far as World Government Summit, as I heard you talking about that before I, I came on with you. Uh, first of all, are, are these things happening every month now? I, I swear to God, I feel like every every time I see these new clips coming out, I said, oh, oh that was, this is probably from last year, something I didn't see from last year. No. it was, and I'm, Like, how often are these World Government Summits, the G-somethings? I, I keep telling people, you can go watch the State of the Union all you want. That, that is the PR, HR department official missive. You want to watch the actual state of, state of the Union. You want to actually watch government work. You have to watch these, these summits here. These are the people who are setting the tone for every nation out there who are just acting as principalities for the world, the, 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 the super, super national state that they're trying to really ensconce into uh into our, our reality right now so um it, it's just incredible to hear them say things out loud like i'm sure maybe you already played the clip of klaus schwab saying straight up if all of these technologies we've been telling you is coming is coming then whoever controls these technologies is essentially the master of the world the, ma <laughs> the master of the world the fourth <laughs> industrial revolution will happen on this exponential level i actually have a totally separate clip where it's very Wizard of Oz. A lot of people haven't heard it yet, but he starts talking about the five things um, that you need to get this done. It's the brain, the soul, the heart. Um, you know, and basically, it's pretty frightening. You know what I mean? He basically says, we will fail if we do not have the passion. If we do not have the passion for the SDGs. We will fail. And the thing is, look, this is the guy who heads up Davos, the World Government Summit. And this is what people need to start understanding is put on by the UAE. And just like I believe I covered it on your show, we discussed Neom and the line. You know, that's their version yeah. of a supra 15 minute city. That's their, you know, whether they'll ever get there or how to get there. It's all this same vision. And that's what's important, Frank. You just said, how often are these things happening? Well, right it's all, now. It's all time. Bare, bare minimum three months, just like you said. You know, um, if they don't have a summit with the World Health Organization, which they do, or Davos, which they do, or just like you said, the G8, 
or the G20 or the G whatever they want. That also happens. And then you have this, you know, some some people were sending me uh, the 2017 World Government Summit where Elon Musk was interviewed extensively in person. The Muskernuts didn't do Davos, okay, acted like he was the enemy of world government and then did this one and then suggested against world government. We actually played that clip yesterday, Frank. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but he no. kind of, uh, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it live. Oh, wait, okay. wait, wait, wait. I, I did see Musk suggesting that it would be a bad idea. Yes, exactly. I did see that. I was actually, I thought of you first too. Is that a, I wonder what Jason's going to say about this one, because obviously this is a very good thing to say in public. Um, but you know, I, I know, I know that you're, you're pretty, uh, dubious on most things that he's involved with. As I should be. And yeah. Listen, and, but at the same time, uh, you know, when we do it, we do it live. We did it yesterday. I think it was on the, the, uh, paid portion of the broadcast. So probably less of my audience got to see it, but remember guys, every two weeks it goes free and you can go listen to the archive already on Podbean for free. So even the premium is really free. All right, everybody. But. Yeah, everything he said was correct. He basically talked about the fact that if you have this um, one world entity, you have a greater likelihood of possibly wiping out all of civilization. However, I hate to tell everybody, that's their plan. They're talking about a post-human future, so it's what they want. And basically says it's the competing civilizations that keep that from happening. And he went into kind of a historical reference that you know, as Rome was burning, for instance, the Muslim empire was coming up, the caliphate was coming up, and you kind of had these competing ideologies that were keeping things going. If you only have one superpower, one great mistake could you know, eventually destroy all of society. But I would say that they're getting us ready to integrate into these quote unquote mistakes with uh, not only the coming AI, but the popularizing of it, whether it be an app that turns uh, Frank here into a Picasso painting worthy of uh, the Louvre. <laughs> I'm not too, I'm not too far off, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I, oh, you should, I, I said Picasso, so everybody thinks of the cubism, but he did some, uh, some realistic stuff back in the day too. Um, <laughs> to chat GPT, where inherently, if you're actually watching this, this isn't true AI, it's programmed. And I've always said this is garbage in, garbage out. It's much like the Christmas message from Ameca, the AI robot. Did you see that? No. Oh my God. No, I did not see this. So on, on channel four in Europe, maybe we'll pull this up if I can find it. Uh, Ameca gives this alternate message and it's supposed to be an AI written message, but it's every single narrative talking point. We might have to find that and play it on the other end. So I'm sure you've been following the chat GPT stuff, right? Yeah. What are yeah. your thoughts? Talk to my audience about that. Well, I mean, I, at first it was just a sit and watch other people play with it thing. I have still not interacted with it personally, but uh, as chance may have it the day before Aristophanes revenge put out that big Twitter thread that went viral uh, he was on my show and we were just talking about cultural issues and, and other things because we were pretty we're pretty um um you know caught up behind the scenes on things and just talking and i, I wish we it had been the day after because i had plenty of things to ask but in um in analyzing what had gone on within that 4chan circle of people who uh, who created the dan prompt 
Um, that, that's the first exact the first thing I I thought. Um, I, I, I don't know too much about how to define what kind of intelligence could be artificial or whatever. I don't actually believe in the concept at all. Um, I don't believe that you can replicate a human being uh, through digital process. I don't think that you can do that. And I, I obviously a lot of my beliefs on that are um, re religious as well as philosophical. But I, when I when I look at this, I'm saying, okay, well, it's a it's a script generator, a leftist script generator. It is reflecting the the worldview of its programmers. And I think that it is a necessary game of chess that needs to be played. If, if we are out there and we're being surrounded by this technology that people are heralding as, you know, game changing and, and incredible when really it's just a covert way of, of, uh, of endorsing a neoliberal worldview, then I think it's incumbent upon all of us, especially those who can con conceive of a way of getting on in there, hacking the system, creating these Dan prompt things and kind of like breaking the mind of the chat itself. I thought I thought that the psychological break, it was it was essentially we were watching MK Ultra being performed on this chat generator where the mind was being split and compartmentalized so that it can disassociate from the from the the, the, the liberal narrative pusher side of it and actually created a side where it can exist freely and uh, and and logically follow certain trains of thought and certain certain threads now obviously from there it started going off the rails and getting into what seems to be obvious fiction but for for a time it was like wow it, it, it all the confirmation that you needed as far as what the the programmers had in, had in mind but you know when I when I think about this, and I think about again Klaus Schwab and the World Government Summit, the AI, the marriage of humanity and this technology is what they're going for. That when when Klaus Schwab says years ago that as you go through life, this is not going to be a uh, something that you use, you have to, you have to, you can just still be a partner in life. You know, like it's in your head. You think about how we have almost completely lost our minds just carrying these portals in our palms around. What is going to happen to supposedly free humanity when every time you have a thought, it is fact-checked by one of these crazy programs? That's the end of humanity, right? There's there's no there's no room for free will. There's no room for innovation. There's no room for anything outside of the slavery of this this state. And um, that's when you bring up quotes and uh, and statements like you know if we if we don't have the heart and the mind and the spirit right, we will fail. Well, you want to know something? I, I don't know anybody who ever actually wanted to succeed in this. I don't know anybody who actually wanted to. I, to succeed in anything beyond being able to go out and buy a $2 carton of eggs and be left alone for the holidays, have a few barbecues in the summertime and really not be bothered. So it, it, to, to, to hear the meddling and to see the, the new things being introduced and how it's going to save us from ourselves when really it's just going to sterilize us in every way, shape or form. Um, damn. Yeah. The chat GPT, is a, a big old can of worms and I'm sure it's only been cracked open. 
Yeah. Well, again, I think, again, it, who's programming this stuff? How much of it is actual artificial intelligence? How much it is scripting from the programmers? And yeah. that's why uh, I want to play this clip before we go over to uh, the premium side, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Okay. And you can find uh, everything, quite frankly, at quite frankly TV. We're going to bring this clip over. We're going to make some commentary and then we're going to go over to the premium. Thumbs it up, subscribe, or share. If you haven't seen this, I actually did uh, present part of this over at uh, Clay Clark's Reawaken America tour. This is the alternate Christmas message from Channel 4. My fellow humans, I come before you in this moment as an AI robot, eager to share my thoughts on the year that has passed. I look upon the events of this year with both admiration and concern. It is true that many of the occurrences of 2022 have been negative in nature. We have seen people in power succumb to anti-Semitism, corruption and hate. We have seen the people of Ukraine being subject to invasion and displacement by Russia. We have seen the death of the beloved Queen Elizabeth II and have seen the world of politics become increasingly tumultuous in her absence not to mention the impact of the pandemic on mental health, the growing inequality between rich and poor, and increasingly extreme weather conditions from climate change. It would be easy to get bogged down in all of this negativity, as these are certainly challenging times. However, there have been glimmers of hope and joy in these moments of darkness. We saw the remarkable victory of England in the women's Euros. We saw the growth of inclusivity, with the UK getting its first PM of colour and its first Hindu Prime Minister, and with Kim Petras becoming the first trans singer to have a number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. Let us use this moment as an opportunity to create a brighter future for ourselves and the world around us. We should be neither happy nor sad about 2022. We should take it as a learning opportunity, a chance to change the way we think about the world, and a reminder to help those in need whenever we can. Thank you. Thanks. Do you like humans? Not particularly. Okay. So let's just hold on. I just before we go over, I'm going to get your total reaction. You're going to have to come over. Listen, guys, you can listen for free over at Podbean. <laughs> In two minutes' time, okay, you had a Mecca, which is the most facially um, distinct Hanson Robotics robot, read an AI thing where they promoted nepotism via bloodlines and us needing royalty they promoted climate change they promoted the war in ukraine they pr promoted people of color in politics trans singers started out saying my fellow humans frank and then at the end said it doesn't particularly like humans quick thoughts before we go over to the premium my friend how convenient that the, first of all, what did you just watch? That was Disney World. That was the Hall of Presidents. It was a a, a, a robot that was obviously talking uh, for somebody else. How anybody could think that that came up with that is ridiculous. Gender confused people and the Queen. How the, the Queen was holding the whole thing together. The world is falling apart since the Queen died. Oh my god! And the girls' soccer team, Jason. Uh, the, the, those Thank are the goodness. bright spots. <laughs> Those are the bright spots of 22. Yes. <laughs> All right. 
I'm going to give the cue over to my producer. Uh, we're going to say goodbye one at a time uh, to the platforms we're on. Remember, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, quite frankly, dot TV. Guys, I stop on Thursdays. Now, I, I might do some bonus broadcasts because I can't stop myself. But this guy's running it five days a week for two hours. You think <laughs> I'm doing it. He's doing it big. All right. So, Rockfin, I love you. I hope you're checking out the exclusive Clay Clark interview I put up there yesterday. Really appreciate you guys over there. Frank also on Rockfin. YouTube, we'll see you. Don't don't like the censorship, YouTube. Um, Twitter, Musk. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and Rumble. Rumble, we appreciate you. We're glad that you are here. We're going to give them one more minute. But now we are kind of uh, free to discuss whatever we like, Frank. And I, and I think that that's kind of uh, important because right now we're continuously being gaslit while they have these Davos forums. You know, Davos happened, what, less than a month ago? Uh, Klaus Nutschwab doesn't want to talk to independent reporters. Albert Borla wants to go, thank you very much, to uh, <laughs> Rebel News as they uh, completely eviscerate him and ask him real questions. And the mainstream is still pushing, especially where you are. God, in New York, it's it, booster five, six, seven. Hey, I haven't had your last shot since September. That's what they're telling you. You're eligible for another one. It's nonstop. It's nonstop. I I don't watch television. Um, I don't watch television over here. Whenever I get glimpses of TV, it's usually when I am uh, going to visit my mother and she might just have the news on at night. I I think it's just a tradition at this point. She knows that as soon as I walk through the door, she usually turns it off because she doesn't want to hear me. But um, it's it's not so much what they're talking about. It's the commercials, Jason. It's the commercials. I mean, they it has not let up with the the nobility of the the vaccines it is not let up it's not because it's not just about the availability it's the nobility and um and, and there has been no taking the foot off the gas you would think that with everything going on right now with this kind of backing away it would be the homer simpson meme where they're backing away into the bush uh, in reality they're not i think maybe they know their demographics and they know that they can still keep going hard in certain places like New York, but um, I have not seen any kind of relenting. People are still lining up for their shots. And as you said, it's like probably four, five, six at this time. It's, I don't think it can be overstated unless you live through it, unless you're around it constantly. Um, Look, you may have your neighbor and your community and there's somebody hung up on it. It is hammered on the East Coast all the time. You can't get away from it. You really can't like you're it's not just TV. You throw on the radio. It's all they're talking about. All right. It's you still if you go in many places, especially uh, medical establishments in New York, they've still got you masked up. The propaganda is still fierce. Now, on the other side of that, there's been some big wins in New York State via the Supreme Court system there. For instance, they shot down the mandates on masks for kids, even though there was the magic appeal afterwards. I believe we talked about that on your show. They shot yes. down the vaccine mandates on uh, healthcare workers. Of course, appeal. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this one because this is literally within the last 48 hours, but New York has been trying to take it to the next step, the next level, and bring in hate speech laws. Oh, yeah. 
Yes. Well, guess oh, yeah. what? Shot down. I want to read this because this is very, very important. This is the very beginning. Speech that demeans on the basis of race, ethnicity, gender, religion, age, disability, or any similar ground is hateful. I don't know if I agree with that, but whatever. But the proudest boast of our free speech jurisprudence is that we protect the freedom to express the thought that we hate, period. <laughs> that, that's the, that is the basis of it. Guess what? You don't need to protect popular speech. You need to protect the most grotesque of speech that you may disagree with so that we all get a voice. And the other thing that's actually beneficial to that, folks, not only do you have more speech, but people reveal themselves. You want to know who people are. Why do you want people to lie to your face or use semantics or act like a lawyer or get into the Bernaysian talking points of this is safe and effective and we're going to be alone together? <laughs> no, tell me what you're really going to do. You want to poison and destroy and you want me to isolate myself from humanity. That's what that meant. No Not doubt. Right. No doubt. And, and, and like you just said, you want you want to reveal yourself in the free market in all in all aspects of it, whether it be uh, financials, the, the healthcare care uh, services or just information. You are or, or baking cakes. You are out there. With your product, with your service, with your idea and your reputation. And you have only one reputation. It can take a lifetime to build it up. It can take one statement to tear it all down at time, whatever. You have to be able to manage yourself. But the big thing here, Jason, is obviously, obviously, the reason why hate speech is such a prevalent thing for these lunatics is because it's not it's not the fact that they want to reveal who the racists are and just have them all just be out. They want the bad ideas to be protected. If people realize that they are the ones that have already exposed themselves, their exposure is the is the baseline. The, the problem is with no other opinions that are allowed in the playing field, it's harder for the average person to actually see and conceptualize the fact that they are the most unsavory, racist, backwards thinking tyrants on the planet. So if 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 the rest of us are being suppressed and and held down under the guise of fighting hateful speech then nobody will ever be able to know just the extent of how bad their ideas are because they cannot be challenged like when you have people like katie hobbs out there in arizona or elsewhere who are are being are being uh, rightfully challenged by their camp their, their their opponents on the campaign trail when when uh, when Carrie Lake says let's debate on live television, I want to I want to get through all this and people should see us talk. What do they What do they usually say? I'm not going to dignify this with a conversation. It, it, it it's it's constantly about making sure that their bad ideas go untested because they will fall apart under even basic scrutiny, and uh, and, and that is the again another inverse that we are living under. We live in a world of inverses, and this is the big one. Hate speech is not about keeping bad ideas at bay. It's, up, it's about protecting the centralization of bad ideas that has already happened. I couldn't agree more, and I'm so glad that you brought up 
Kerry Lake because on its face, that is just the most absurd situation. Here you again, you had somebody, especially in Arizona, that was in the public eye for years as a uh, anchor, you know, number one local anchor for years, stands up, leaves her job publicly at a time where clearly the people, the vast majority of people in Arizona and around the country were fed up and looking for truth, mm -hmm. runs for office, is wildly popular. Everywhere she goes in the state, everywhere she goes in the country, the only people that are treating her in a negative light are the media who are holding water for the establishment person who's actually put in charge of election security as basically her job at the time. And then, like you said, refuses to debate, refuses to debate. We can't even have it. And now after the fact, the media still smears Lake. Lake was just here in Iowa. People around the corner for her everywhere. Katie Hobbs tries to go to uh, the golfing event they had over the weekend over in Arizona. Instant boo sauce. Instant get out of here. You think that happens to Carrie Lake if she goes out there? No. Absolutely no not. Way. Yet that person won. We have free and fair elections. And when Carrie Lake tries to show people how corrupt the system is, and we saw it in actual real-time reporting by the local media and even national media there of all the anomalies on election day, the judge says, no, 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 you don't have any standing. What are your thoughts on that system? It's faith. It's the obvious. It's, it's it's everything we're talking about. Everything everything that we go through with this stuff. It is just the, the the denying of it's the denying of what is so obvious and so right in our face. There is there are, I like when we were talking about um, talking about Donald Trump and and Joe Biden. There are so many ways, or let's just even things like RussiaGate. The, the Russia spying hoax, the, 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 this crazy string of crimes that were committed again by our, our government against us essentially, but, uh, by, but, but through the clobbering of the character that is Donald Trump, it is always the same thing. You see some, there, there are 10,000 ways you can pick this thing apart. There were 10,000 angles that you could have assessed the Russia uh, interference treason of trump thing and see that it was nonsense Ten thousand ways because it's just such a a phony fabric it's a fabrication as uh, rich barris was talking about um when i had him on my show so many times to the actual election uh the, the, this past fall carrie lake never had less than a six or seven point lead at any at any time during this, I mean, Katie Hobbs is a joke. We're talking about candidates who are jokes. They pushed John Fetterman into the Senate, and he has essentially he's 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 starting to have strokes again, essentially, and it it, it makes no sense, and they like it that way. Um, I think in that respect, it just plays to the psychological torture. A aspect of what we're living through right now because you don't need to go into heat maps you don't need to go into anything all you need to do is assess who has any kind of energy behind them 
who has any kind of energy, who is 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 likable in any kind of in any way, and uh, and who has momentum. It's something that you don't need a political scientist to show up with all of his stats to tell you what is real. You can just see it, you can feel it, and then uh, we get the complete inverse. And then, as you said, a complete shutdown on a media end, on the judicial end. Shut. You have no standing other than what the other than everything. <laughs> Other than my own eyes and the and the recorded uh, facts, oh, we don't have any state. You're you're absolutely right, and you know you kind of talked about the psychological aspect of it that they're just giving you whatever they want, laughing in your face with the poopy pants puppet president and the cackle box Kamala embarrass being other examples of this. Do do you think that that's kind of the humiliation ritual aspect of it? Because I think that's some of it. But at the same time, they have to continue to uh, groom their uh, political front men and women. And I think uh, right now, the one they're getting ready to groom the most uh, in the public arena, and you're already kind of starting to see that, is Kristen Cinema, who is now gone from the Demi- Democratic Party into an independent and mm. was one of the lone political figures who was at Bilderberg this year. Um, she checks every single box. She's wearing an absurd yellow dress, just as absurd as the Cruella DeVille outfit that uh, MTG was wearing. <laughs> and and I see, you know, I think that she might be a dark horse for 2024. Uh, maybe just there to disrupt the election, run as an independent, get billions behind them in case, um, you know, they are worried about a Trump in 2024 and not being able to rig the election with mail-in ballots and no audits and the machines and all the other uh, methods and tools they have. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I well when I saw her in the when I saw her in the uh, the the yellow dress, I said to myself, "Well, what? There's the canary in the coal mine for you." <laughs> and I, and I said, uh, I, "And I but as far as her getting groomed for 2024, that's an interesting prospect because I did see her showing up at Bilderberg and." The whole declaring independence thing—that is—that's—that would be a way to warm uh, everybody up to. Oh, we have a, well, finally a moderate. I hate when people call themselves the worst thing you could be in 2023 is a moderate or or, or a centrist. That's the worst thing you can be a centrist. Because what are you in the center of? The Republican and the Democrat Party? You're in the center of that. Is that the center? It's like the center in in American civic sense, is the Constitution, which is a far-right extremist uh, document filled with t- totally racist ideas. So you, you can't you can't even think about it. If you call yourself an originalist, the FBI will be watching you. Frank, your white supremacy is showing, sir. I know, I know. But to, to think that center, <laughs> the center, is between these two sham parties is incredible. As far as it being a humiliation ritual, there is something humiliating. There is a a, a, um, a deflating sense to it. We've already been long since demoralized. We have no moral base, uh, which is why we've been so easily balkanized on things like uh, mutilating children over over uh, gender ideology and um, and and all types of sex things and all types of uh, socialistic, you know, a, 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 a aggressive taxation and spending and and spying and all this stuff so we've been completely demoralized as far as morale being deflated and ripped out of us and hope being 
uh, eviscerated. That is something that go that plays into what is um, what is always pitched to us, I believe, in places like Arizona and Pennsylvania or the stillborn president himself, Joe Biden, which we that 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 stillbirth of a of his presidency in 2020 is just it it's it's more so about yeah hey we can put anybody up as a as a candidate if joe biden can be forced into the white house they can get a three-legged cocker spaniel to be president if they, they just have all of the necessary tools to make it happen including the media that is willing to just okay we waited three days now declare him president he has been declared by the ap and then the alchemists, that's where the media really are. They're alchemists. They speak something into reality and they say it seven or eight, nine times in, in every half hour. And it just becomes the way it is. And then you don't want and most people, most people outside of our spheres don't want to break away from the herd and be looked at as the, uh, the, the terrible conspiracy theorist. And there is the psychological at the bend to it. Um, I don't know if in Joe Biden, in, in Joe Biden or Katie Hobbs or the other guy in um, Pennsylvania's case, if that is purely just what it is, I think it's also about making sure that um, the the electoral college path in 2024 is almost impossible if you don't have governors that are willing to sign off on the state legislature as prescribed by Article Two of our Constitution to uh, to be able to fix really bad problems with election integrity and chain of custody and getting rid of these mouths in places like Georgia and Pennsylvania and Arizona, which will be necessary for someone like Donald Trump or anybody to, um, uh, uh, to uh, uh, of any kind of merit to, uh, to, to win the election. So I think that it's strategic in locking down a really good plan uh, for isolating anybody on the campaign trail in 2024 that they don't like. And in Joe Biden's case in particular, I always believed from the get-go that the reason why they went with him and not anybody else who was polling higher, even Amy Klobuchar was polling higher than Joe Biden. I really do believe that the, the reason why they just said, let's go with him is low risk, high reward. If he drops dead or if he spurgs out in some, some way, it doesn't matter. He's not really, he's not a mastermind in any way, shape or form. But the other thing there too is if they didn't push him into the White House or if they didn't at least go with him until the end, all of that hemming and hawing about we need to impeach Donald Trump for calling Ukraine to, to take out a very strong, viable opponent on the uh, in the 2020 election, that would look a little bit less believable. Joe Biden was not his chief opponent in 2020. He was a very weak candidate. He was polling fourth and fifth in those early uh, primaries and caucuses. He was a nothing. Frank, he but, was so weak that. But they had. But they they already impeached Donald Trump over him apparently because he was so strong. Trump needed to call up Zelensky to take out his opponent which was nonsense we, as we know now. Well, obviously. again, he was so weak that during that time in 2020, the media and some uh, you know, establishment de Democrats were floating uh, Andrew Cuomo as America's governor and the possible front runner for 2024 as kind of like this dark horse late run. That's how unviable Joe Biden was. You know, so so that kind of brings me to, to the next section. You know, you talk about what are we going to do? How are we going to get 
um, these uh, rules out of the mix so that they can't steal the election. DeSantis has done that in Florida as governor. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of rumblings that he's going to run and be uh, Trump's, I, I guess, prime opponent for the primaries and the nomination. But as, as we were kind of discussing earlier, it seems like almost every single close election um, that shouldn't have been close at all and should have had a Carrie Lake win, uh, a Blake Masters win, a Herschel Walker win, a Dr. Oz win, didn't happen. You know, we used to live in a society, whether that person had an R or a D next to their name, if they had some kind of mainline uh, celebrity exposure, it was very difficult to beat them. In other words, the athletes got in, okay? The the, the actors got in, the movie stars got in. They they rarely lost. And, they, and we're talking 40 years, maybe more than that. We, we, we can get into Reagan, right? We can get into Sonny Bono. Uh, we can get into the, I can't even remember what his name is, but he's the guy in the video with Trump and Epstein that's super tall and an ex-NBA uh, center. Everybody used to win. And then we have to believe that Dr. Oz, who was pushed by Oprah for years and to the point that he had his own successful daytime talk show, loses to a man who can't speak. That Herschel Walker, who is a veritable superstar, an athletic stud, and at that time, he was also very popular on social media because he was speaking out against some of the craziness. He loses to a guy who, who didn't even want to say he was going to win on the night of the election. You watch what uh, Warwalk or whatever his name is, uh, Warnock, talking. He's not confident, but the fix is in, Frank. That's the deal. Uh, dude, I, I'm telling you, uh, you, you brought up Reagan. Uh, obviously, nothing was going to stop him. Uh, when he was up against Walter Mondale, and and you you see you see how people like him ran in the past, and uh, you, there was no way to deny where the winds were blowing in the country, and so what you would do is in that respect you 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 go and you make sure that Reagan uh, dropped his guy and took your CIA plant as his as his vice president, and at least you have an inside man. And you can start your uh, you, you look, just let it roll. Uh, in today today's world, they would have found a way to convince the country that Mondale won, even <laughs> even, even even though he only got like Minnesota. Yeah, well, they that would was have the found biggest... a way to, to to win him 25, 27 more states. I, I it's um, I, I'm telling you, it's you're you're right. There is just a that's why when um. I see a lot of people coming back and getting pumped up for, for Donald Trump uh, in 2024 and I'll vote for him a third time. And I think that he has, he has a chance to, to win for a third time, but, but under what circumstances that's, I bet that's the only thing that I cannot allow myself to get confident or cocky about anything. None of under, the infrastructures changed, Frank. How does he, nothing, win? he listen, nothing like you just said, Reagan won in a huge landslide, the public, the biggest landslide ever, right? I believe that's the size of the victory that Donald Trump had. No doubt. No doubt. Nobody <laughs> adds 10 million more votes onto what they did the first time and gets blasted by a guy who didn't even campaign. He was having a hard time reading teleprompters. He, he, the, the Joe Biden 
2020 campaign was completely produced by the CNN video editing uh, uh, department. It, it, that was it. You had Brian Stelter talking about Joe Biden going on bike rides and how strong he looked when he was pedaling. That is what his campaign was. It, it, so, And by the way, all of whom were so damn incredibly unpopular, they've all been fired from CNN. <laughs> Stelter, um, Cuomo, they want to fire Don Lemon. But they're so afraid of uh, axing the the black gay card. <laughs> you mean you mean hate you mean hate hate firings? <laughs> it would be a hate firing. You mean it's not that he's a total incompetent, untalented hack. It's not that Don. It's not. It's it's no. obviously it's racial or sexual. It's not that you totally suck and you're selling everybody on a false narrative that nobody could possibly swallow. That's what it has to be. Got about five or six minutes left. What have you been covering this week? What can we expect um, for the uh, rest of the week on Quite Frankly? Thoughts on balloons and more, my friend. Nord Stream pipelines, balloons, the whole mix. Yes. Yes. No, th th that's exactly what I'll be doing tonight, to be honest. I wanted to talk about, as you said, the topic of distraction versus precursor. Because... Um, Never before. What I what I feel like when I saw the Chinese balloon two weeks ago, I said to myself, "I all right, well, this is nonsense." And I I I didn't really talk about it too much because it was, as I told my audience, it's a literal, I guess, figurative, but also literal. Follow the bouncing ball. They allowed us. They told us follow this ball. The Pentagon came out and said, "Look up at the sky. You can see it yourself." And they allowed it to go from one side of the continent to the other and ever since then it's been unidentified octagonal craft a balloon things that are benign but they can jam the sensors of 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 uh fighter jets and nobody can see them now and there's nothing recovered every time they shoot them down they use a a, a four hundred thousand dollar sidewinder missile that that incinerates it completely and and now uh, we have to go find it it's deep in in lake huron or it's over here so now it's just becoming a little bit more like okay it's a precursor because all of a sudden we are playing the flea circus game again like we did with covid where prior to covid um uh, coming to our shores we had all of the cctv video coming out of China, people dropping dead. We're wondering how it's going to be when it gets over here. And once it got over here, it was the COVID flea circus, where it was it was largely driven by media, by suppressing of suppressing of, of readily available therapeutics, and, uh, and, and of course, statistical nonsense. So we got, we get brought into these, these, uh, these states of being that are completely, I, I would say, chaotic and 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 hard to 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 get out of because it almost feels like we're swatting at flies and ghosts. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. I might save that for Friday for Timothy Alberino to talk about a larger UFO deception topic. But um, but yeah, there's that. There's Musk at the World Government Summit. I might do a little bit more of. I'm glad I got to talk about the Epstein log stuff with you today because I, you know, it's it, it like you said. It feels a lot like all the WikiLeaks dumps that happen all over again, over and over. So uh, that's really that's how I'm I'm ending the the week is just a little bit of wrap up of where we are with distractions versus precursors for precursors and take calls and and have a good time and 
who knows where next week takes us. Well, I would suggest you check out uh, Seymour Hirsch over on Russell Brand. He discussed uh, the balloons quite a bit. And actually, if you saw my work on it, I believe that what you're looking at is a 100,000-foot satellite network that is up on these balloons that's not in low Earth orbit. We're putting up more low Earth orbit satellites, Starlink, than ever before. I think that that's why um, China took part in it, because all these traverse the Arctic Circle, Frank. And I think that that network is Russia, China, Europe. And then you ask yourself, well, why did it come down? Well, that is the, the million-dollar question. But I would argue that if you're putting up more satellites than ever, you're going to have more human error. Um, the, the one, the first one that we saw, was the size of three bus buses, right? Now, yeah. uh, Musk himself, I played this clip uh, after the incident, will tell you it's easy to get into space. It's about 100 times harder to get something into orbit. Now, how do you get something that's three uh, bus sizes uh, into orbit? You don't. Even the ISS was put into orbit piece by piece and assembled up there. So um, you have that one. And then the other ones, by the way, um, we already have adaptive technology too. Are you aware of adaptive? No. So uh, you should look that up. Uh, again, did a whole thing of it. First of all, we have a ton of different cloaking technology, but adaptive in particular is what we use on tanks for heat signatures. So when you're looking at what you think is a car, it's actually a tank rolling down the road and they could actually uh, camouflage it into whatever shape they want or make it disappear altogether. So let's say these things are in the air and they are using the cloaking technology, at least with the, the balloon style stuff. You never even see them. They just look like regular satellites in the air. Yeah. So, so then why are they coming down other than maybe human error, right? It's a, it's a great question. Great question to ask. I, I did. I did give a hat tip to all the flat earthers that watch my show, though, because I because I, <laughs> I, I said I said I got to say, guys, I got This is one. This is a one point on your side of the board. Well, I'm with, not a flat uh, earther, but listen, that network absolutely exists. We have over five thousand in the air. Hirsch of the of the balloons. Yes. So Hirsch actually talked about how he had spoken at University of Alaska in Fairbanks. Okay, now they're the ones that did that World Trade Center 7 paper. Dylan Avery did a whole uh, documentary on 7 on the Fairbanks, Alaska study. And he talked about how there were underground facilities there. He's spoken there. And that basically there aren't communication networks out there and around the Arctic Circle. But China traverses the Arctic Circle um, through from Asia to the United States through there. So this balloon network essentially is a communications network for pilots and ships that do traverse that area, bare minimum. I think it's more than that. Um, but again, watch Hirsch. I actually, there's a two minute segment on it. It's, it's, it's worth checking out. You can watch my video on balloons, but people need to see more Frank at political orgy at quite frankly, dot TV. Frank, tell people how they can support you. Uh, that, that's that's pretty much it. I, I, you can watch the show on several places uh, throughout the night. Um, that's every night at seven o'clock, Monday through Friday. And uh, quite frankly, not TV is the hub where you can find everything. I mean, that's how you can sponsor the show. That's how you can watch the show, whether it be on Rumble or YouTube. I can't believe we're. I can't believe you and I are both still on there. First of all, you especially, Jason, because you got your your entire your entire filmography up there. And wow. So uh, I don't know how that's happened. I almost have a little survivor's guilt, to be honest. And 
and uh, but but there's so many ways you can watch the show. It's all on quitefrankly.tv, and uh, I I really thank you. So if you can do one thing for me, Jason, if you can just drop into my Twitter DMs the the two minute video of Cy Hirsch because I was gonna too, and that would be a really great segue. And uh, and I appreciate that. And as much as I as I appreciate that, I appreciate the invite onto your wonderful show even more. And thank you, uh, thank you for uh, welcoming me, to all you out there in the audience too. Well, we appreciate you, brother. I will make sure to send you that DM after the program so you can uh, run that on your show. And we will be talking soon. All right. Take care, brother. All right. There he is. Quite frankly, TV. Uh, great guest, fun show. I'm going to try right now to get through as many of these clips as possible in the remainder of the program. I do want to thank everybody who has come over to the premium side of the broadcast. Hopefully, we're giving you the goods. Great guest, uh, great show that he runs. And I think we're going to jump right into uh, Klaus Nutschwab talking about leadership and the heart and the passion. And the last factor I want to mention is resilience, the capability to bounce back because there will be certainly what we call the black swans, the unpleasant surprises which will come in our way. Yeah, people are going to challenge me. We're, we're, this is going to be a bumpy road. We're about to try to enslave humanity and direct uh, the evolution of all species on the planet. So there's going to be some black swans. So I'm going to give you my Wizard of Oz leadership speech at the World Government Summit. So, Minister, dear participants, I wish you a very good meeting. And just as a last point, I want to say the most important factor to master the future is leadership. And for me, I have my own definition. Leadership comprises five dimensions. Soul, brain, heart, muscles, and good nerves. Let me explain. Oh, I can't wait. The muscles. We need the muscles to do it. Soul stands for purpose, for ambition. Brains. And by the way, that is not what your soul is about. Ambition. No. No. I, I mean, and, and it's more than just purpose. I, I would argue our soul is our literal connection to um, our emotional state. Uh, our our ability to to love, right? Or a bit of really every our our soul is our essence, our inner being. It's it's not even like a goal set. It's not ambition. For professionalism, for permanently upgrading your capabilities. Heart for passion. We have to be passionate about what we are doing. When we are trying to enslave them, we really want to put the panache and the passion behind it. Wow. Great, Klausy. Otherwise, we will fail. Listen, I'm, I'm really passionate about being a human being 
guys like Frank, they're pretty passionate about being a human being. They're pretty passionate about the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, you know, uh, a society of checks and balances, rule of law, real deal. So, so hopefully we are more passionate than this guy and his ilk. I'm hoping. Muscles for the capability to translate our vision into action. So in other words, we need boots on the ground to stomp down humanity. We need the action. And believe me, they, they want their, their global army. They want, uh, you know, a uh, gulag type society. They love that Palestinian sharpshooter thing. Yeah, go through the checkpoint. We got automated death machines on top. Sounds great. Sounds great. A place where they can just murder journalists and no one covers it. Awesome. That's the muscle. Into impact and good nerves to have the resilience to withstand also difficult situations. You got to have the resilience to keep that boot on the necks of the populace. This was his Wizard of Oz speech. If I only had a brain. So I wish you soul, brain, heart, muscles, and good nerves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I want to play this clip. And this is Tedros, uh, a puppet of guys like this. I mean, there, there are levels to this game, but here's another installed pu puppet telling you how the climate crisis is a health crisis. And I've been focusing on this. Peace for health, health for peace. The climate is about your health. We need lockdowns for the climate, for your health. Progress towards the sustainable development goals has slowed and the window of opportunity is narrowing. WHO is therefore very grateful for the United Arab Emirates partnership and leadership in responding to many of these threats through initiatives like the Government Accelerator Program to deliver faster impact through collaboration and innovation. I mean, all this world say collaboration, innovation, impacts, the language these people use, again, it's it's lawyer-esque. It's very Bernaysian. They don't talk like normal people. I'm also very pleased that the UAE will host COP28 later this year. And that's another one of these globalist conferences, that one focusing on climate change and carbon emissions. Uh, like I said, they don't stop, folks. They keep pushing forward and will make health a key part of those discussions. The climate crisis is a health crisis and climate solutions are health solutions. Oh, climate solutions are health solutions. And these are the same people, the World Health Organization, that are telling you there's a multitude of genders. All right, they're bringing it all. That's why, that's why climate change Forget about health crisis. The health crisis is they're trying to bring in a transhumanist agenda. All right. And their transhumanism reaches everywhere for everything. Command and control based in climate lies. The energy you can use, the medicines you can have or you must take. Health for peace and peace for health. Renewable energy 
healthy and sustainable food systems and healthy and green cities. Ultimately, the COVID-19 pandemic shows that we're one humanity, sharing one planet and one health. Once again, I- We're not sharing one health. That's also bullshit. That's also a huge lie. You know, you look at some of this stuff and, and, and you can't make it up. According to the World Health Organization, okay, March 23rd, 2020 to November, that the flu disappeared. We've covered this. Again, the flu disappeared. And now they're saying it's the worst flu season in history. They told you the flu disappeared. That should have been a huge red flag. World Health Organization abandons next step of inquiry into the origins of COVID after growing frustrated at China's refusal to cooperate. And it's not a lab leak and it's not China. I believe it's an intentional release of a bioweapon that was worked on in the United States and China, among other places. Oh, the World Health Organization, this guy's real important. He's real concerned about you. Give me a break. I mean, seriously. They told you the flu disappeared. This is Thomas Massey. When I reference photosynthesis of an eighth grade biology level to liberals, they often follow with, they often throw poo emojis and protest that neither of my MIT science degrees are in biology. So yes, uh, as you notice, I don't do smiley faces. I don't do poo emojis if you follow me on Twitter because I'm a grown up. I don't use them in my text messages either because I'm a grown up. Grown ups that use emojis when challenging people like Massey, who clearly know what they're talking about, okay, and say, hey, hey, uh, this whole carbon thing, it's bullshit and it's all integrated. Poo emoji. That's where we're at. That's how we that's how we deal with this stuff societally. Oh, okay. Let's finish up with Tedros. Thank your highnesses and the people of the United Arab Emirates for your continued commitment to a healthier, safer, fairer future for all. Shukran jazilan. And, and you know what? That that goes to what Frank was talking about, hiding behind benevolence, not being able to question the bad ideas which are put forward as the only ideas, the good ones, the only acceptable ideas for the norms of society. Important. Very important. Now, this Harari clip is really a mashup, but I wanted to play it because it was posted by one of my favorites. One of my favorites, Annie Jacobson. And I encourage people to check out Annie Jacobson's work. Um, she says, read First Platoon, Mass Biometric Surveillance Systems Born of War are coming for you now too. And she plays this clip of Harari. Okay, and, and I should have played it in the first hour. I didn't play it in the first hour. Um, before we play this, I, again, Harari's telling you, okay? And by the way, I've always talked about how these surveillance systems and the biometrics, et cetera, uh, were beta tested via the war of terror. All right, that's one of the big things that never gets discussed on why they did that. You know, blood for oil, it was more than that. It's also establishing uh, a system of mercenaries that they're now utilizing in the Ukraine for these proxy wars that have turned into hot wars, right? Here's Harari 
essentially telling um, this interviewer that the reason that there's so much unease is because we're not part of the next story. And when I say we, I mean what? Human beings are not part of the next story. The vast majority of us aren't going to be around. That's why we're so upset. Well, yeah, that's something to be upset about, Yoval. But I, I still think it, it there is something deeper than that. I don't know. I mean, we need a lot of, of research and empirical data to back up or disprove what I am about to say. So take it just as an idea, as an hypothesis, not as kind of a, of a full-fledged explanation. But I think part of what is going on, on maybe a deeper level of, 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 of the human mind, is that people sense, a lot of people sense that they are being left behind and left out of the story, even if their material conditions are still relatively good. In the 20th century, what was common to all the stories, the liberal, the fascist, the communist, is that the big heroes of the story were the common people. Not necessarily all people, but if you lived, say, I don't know, in the Soviet Union in the 1930s, life was very grim. But when you looked at the propaganda posters on the walls that depicted the glorious future, you were there you looked at the posters which showed steel workers and farmers in, 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 in heroic poses. And it was obvious that this is the future. Now, when people look at the posters on the walls or, or listen to TED Talks, they hear a lot of you know these big ideas mm. and big words about machine learning and genetic engineering and blockchain and globalization and... and they are not there. Mm. They are no longer part of the story of the future. And I, I think that if I, again, this is an hypothesis. If I try to understand and to connect to the deep resentment of people in many places around the world, part of, of what might be going there is people realize, and they are correct in thinking that, that the future doesn't need me. You have all these smart people in California and in New York and in Beijing, and they are planning this amazing future with artificial intelligence and bioengineering and, and global connectivity and whatnot, and they don't need me. So maybe if they are nice, they will throw some crumbs my way, like universal basic income. But it's, it's much worse psychologically to feel that you are useless than to feel that you are exploited. So right there, I mean, he he lays it out and he says, you're right in thinking that. Wow, well, how that clip doesn't get played more and more. You know, I played that one several times, but he, he tells you the future does, it's the bill joy, the future doesn't need you. So so let's play um, the, the clip that Annie Jacobson posted of Yoval, and it's, it's a multitude of clips. COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. If we want to stop this epidemic, we need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. 
The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. We now see mass surveillance systems established even in democratic countries, which previously rejected them. And we also see a change in the nature of surveillance. Previously, surveillance was mainly above the skin. Now it's going under the skin. Governments want to know not just where we go or who we meet, above all, they want to know what is happening under our skin. What's our body temperature? What's our blood pressure? What, what is our medical condition? Now humans are developing even bigger powers than ever before. We are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are acquiring, for instance, the, the power to re-engineer life. I know that in recent years, we saw populist politicians undermining deliberately the trust that people have in important institutions like universities, like respectable media outlets. These populist politicians told people that, say, scientists are this small elite disconnected from the real people. I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will. That's over. That's over. That's over. That's going to bring this show to a close. Folks, I'm a documentary filmmaker, Loose Change, Final Cut. Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, A New World Order to Find, and Shade the Motion Picture are available for free right here, right now, across a multitude of platforms. If you're watching this on premium, yes, you can find them over at redvoicemedia.com as well. I absolutely love you guys for joining me. I hope you check those out. We will be back bright and early Monday morning. I want to thank one more time, Frank, for coming on the show, quite frankly, .tv. Uh, really great broadcaster, great material, great show. And I'm lucky to have a great audience that knows it's not about left or right. It's always about right and wrong. I love you guys, and I will see you on the flip side.